stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Dave Bartosiak. He's the editor of Zach Surprise Trader and the Blockchain Innovators. And that's one of the reasons I had him on today because he's in charge of one of our innovator portfolios. And I wanted to talk about what companies are innovating right now. Who is hot? Who is winning in innovation? And some of those who you think might be winning, but maybe aren't at the moment. Uh, So welcome, Dave. Welcome back to the Market Edge. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Um, And on one side note, Spotify just launched in India one week ago. If you're listening in India now, thanks for finding us because Spotify is now launched there. So you can get the Zach's Market Edge, I think. Can we get it on Spotify? I don't know. We're working on it, but it should be on there any day now. So now that you have Spotify in India, you can definitely check out the Market Edge, but get the Value Investor podcast because we're there too. So that was just my little promo there in the beginning. I'm excited about Spotify going into India, actually. Is that innovation? I guess that would be. Kind of. Not really. It's kind of just increasing its audience size, I suppose. Yeah, in- increasing the audience. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, these tech companies, part of the reason why they're so popular is because they can scale so easily. So with the flip of a switch, now Spotify is like, yeah, we'll, we'll take over a billion new uh, potential yeah. customers. Yeah, that's a big the, market, possibly, yeah. for them. So we'll see what develops there. Um, so let's let's start off with some of the like popular names. Um, I know you're a car guy. I'm not really. I always rely on you for anything with the cars. So let's talk about Tesla and what's going on there with their innovation. Is it is it going in the direction everybody assumed it was was supposed to be going with Tesla? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Um, you know, there's there's a few things happening at Tesla. First, you have kind of the, you know, the Elon Musk's relentless um, pursuit of different milestones that he has out there for different levels of autonomous driving um, and then trying to meet, uh, you know, production costs and their targets also. So there's a lot going on over there. Um, and, and sometimes that can get lost. So people are so focused on, you know, the solvency of Tesla, right? That's what the, the, the bears love to say, that, you know, they're going to go belly up and they're not going to make a bond payment and, and you know, the numbers just aren't going to work for them. Uh, but when you're talking in terms of innovation, I kind of ignore all that. And I think Elon does too. He's not a numbers guy. He's a, he's a big picture guy. Uh, so there, there's a lot that they want to they wanna do in a very short period of time. And, and they're being, you know, really aggressive with their targets. And sometimes you'll see Elon throw things out there that just don't make sense. So when he talks about, you know, autonomous, you know, there's, there's several different levels of autonomous driving, right? Uh, but at the, you know, the peak level of just, yep, you just sit in the car and, and it just goes where you want to go. Uh, he's saying that that kind of thing might happen as soon as late 2020. I think that's, that's a pipe dream. But it's, it's good for him to have those targets out there because uh, you got to kind of think positively, right? Um, but but those are the big the big innovations at Tesla. There's so many smaller innovations that people just tend to look over. Yeah. Um, Even just I mean, the just fact the, of a mass market electric car. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and now what I, I think Elon is more concerned with uh, changing the world than he is merely making a profit. Right. Um, 
And so that's why, you know, all those patents that he just kind of gave out to the world so that they could see how the, you know, Tesla was doing their electric car because he wanted other car companies to enter the race. And boy, have they ever. You know, we're not seeing it yet in the U.S., but I, I think you've already seen in China how, because they're obviously their economy is a little bit different. They can just go out and mandate that everybody has to have an electric car and it happens. Um, but in, in terms of electric car production, I mean, there's, there's millions and millions and millions more than what we're doing here in the U.S. through their their own Chinese companies domestically. But you also have some major international players entering the fray. Uh, Porsche is going to have their first all-electric car coming out here within the next year called the Taken. Uh, and they have a charging network already in Scandinavia and in Europe. Uh, for electric cars that they've partnered up with uh, several car manufacturers to do that, BMW among them. So that kind of stuff is, is, is happening all around the world. We're just not seeing it here as much in the U.S. yet, but uh, it's coming. Okay. Well, that's something, you know, we've talked about a lot on the show in the past is, is what's happening with the auto. So it's good to see that you think that Tesla is still still on the innovating, innovating front, basically. It's still Still they, there. they are because you know Tesla, you know they're not just an electric company, right? Um, you know the so here in Florida, I can get those Tesla roof tile. Well, I can't because my HOA doesn't allow me to. But <laughs> in, in general, uh, you could buy those those roof tiles. Um, That's right. From Tesla, and then you could have your Tesla Power Wall in your garage that's storing that power, and then you could juice up your Model Three. Um, did you so actually that, did you actually look into whether or not your HOA would allow it? I did. Okay. I did. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Maybe that'll change something. though as it goes along. It could. I know a guy. I know a couple guys on the board. <laughs> okay. See what happens. Yeah. As it becomes <laughs> I, I more popular. Well, yeah. It's kind of you know while the there's a couple of units that still need to be built out here. Yeah. So I think as long as the developer is in charge, they don't want to have you know right. houses here with the the, the solar while they're trying to get rid of their inventory. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to change, and you're going to see those a lot more often. Uh, in Florida in general, you see a lot of houses that have solar panels on them. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we get a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's the sort of innovation. You're not seeing that from, um, you know, GM, Ford, right? Right. They're not, they're not trying to provide an entire power solution for your house. No. Uh, that's going to power your electric vehicle from them. They're just, you know, trying to get an electrical vehicle market right now. Okay. So it's uh, it's things like that, and then their their supercharger network um, that they're constantly working on building out, so that you can get from you know one part of the country to another, just you know, on electric charges with your Tesla. Yeah. So that's it's, it's almost like the next you know thing. gas. If Mobile and Ford were the same company. Yeah. Um, okay. But, That's something we'll keep an eye on then on the car side. What about companies like Apple? There's been a lot of discussion about the slowing smartphone sales, but is the iWatch being like overlooked here? Is is the watch as a healthcare device basically going to be bigger than people think? And is that where Apple maybe will continue to innovate? What do you think about Apple? I think the uh, the sort of personal health market 
um, with these types of devices is is going to be huge. Uh, I, I think you brought up, Tracy, in the email you sent, uh, biotelemetry. Yeah. Uh, glucose meter. BEAT is that ticker, B-E-A-T. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Um, you know. They just had a record quarter and year, but they're still small. They're small potatoes compared to, to Apple in market sure. cap. But, yeah, they have a couple different devices that are on the cutting edge on healthcare that, yeah, I yeah. feel like companies so like this. And, and, and I think, you know, as people, initially people are kind of, you know, we're not really sure of it. We don't really trust them, right, these devices. But over time, you're going to see more and more of them, and they're, they're going to be, you know, ubiquitous. So I was at Best Buy, and they had some kind of, like, baby monitor thing that hooks up to the baby's foot, I think it was. Or it's like a little belt that they wear, and then it gives you their heart rate. Oh. Um, and all sorts of stuff's going on with the baby that you can monitor. Wow. Um, so, who yeah. Who makes it, that? It, Do you know who made it? Who makes that product? I was, uh, I'm going to see if I can find it real quick for us. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I was like, whoa, I did not expect to see that at, at Best Buy. No. Um, cause I Why was were you looking at that, Tate? Something else. <laughs> I was looking for uh, my Philips. Uh, by Philips lights, okay. you know, with the, uh, the, the lights. Lead. Oh. Yeah, I was looking for those. Um, and it was kind of in the home automation section, which okay. I thought was kind of fun. Okay, interesting, yeah. You know, automate your baby, too. Right, well, that's coming, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think, well, that kind of plays along with the Nest, right, Google's Nest? Sure. Because that's like home automation, and we've seen from Amazon with the Alexa and all of that, and Google's home device, so a lot of that. Um, but what do you think, switching tracks here a little bit, what do you think about the Airbnb possible IPO going this year? I know you and I have both covered some of the big IPOs in the past. We covered Alibaba a couple of years ago, live yeah. here at Zax.com. So Dave, are you going to be coming back to sh the Chicago office for the Airbnb IPO, if they go, we could do a live you know, show. stay at an Airbnb. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Airbnb used to be considered super innovative, obviously, when they launched. They were basically a game changer for the hotel industry because it was a whole nother uh, option for travelers and business travelers and leisure as somewhere to stay. And then, you know, they've really grown. But some of the other competitors now are starting to adjust, I feel, to this, yeah. you know, kind of home market. And I was on the booking, which is formerly known as Priceline. I was on their conference call just this quarter, and they talked about how they now have uh, thousands of what they considered alternative properties on their website now on booking.com which are like single family homes, condos. And they specifically mentioned like, if you go to the Hamptons, you want to rent a house. They have those properties now on booking.com, which is where I would think I would be looking on Airbnb or HomeAway or one of these other sites, not necessarily booking. And they said it's now 20% of the company's overall revenue. So is Airbnb much of an innovation anymore? It doesn't sound like it is anymore. They were originally... You know, they were, um, and, and obviously just that whole concept of, um, you know, taking something that you have laying around. I mean, it's literally, it's taking something you have laying it around and letting somebody else use it, right? Yeah. You're not at your house. You're not at your vacation home. Somebody else uses it. Similar to Turo for renting cars. 
same right. thing. You rent your car out to people on a one-on-one basis, send it through the app and everything. Um, now, Airbnb is not quite in the same boat uh, as Uber, I think, Okay, where they need a war chest of a trillion dollars to try to fight off all the legal challenges that they're going to get everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so but they are getting it, the legal challenges, Airbnb. They've had some problems in New York City, for instance. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, a couple other, because especially when you have rent controls in some areas, and then they yeah. try to, you know, weasel their way in. I know because the of, because it's an app. Yeah, I know the island in Majorca, off of Spain. There, they've actually banned Airbnb from the complete island. It's a vacation spot. Yeah. So there are some challenges that you know Airbnb is facing in that that regard. Yeah, and when I see those, you know, it makes me wonder. Um, are these challenges actually coming because they're in the best interest of the people that live there or the best interest of the market, or is that just in the best interest of hotel chains that have a bunch of money in the area? Well, I'm sure there is a lot of lobbying going on by the hotel chains. No doubt about it, for sure. But I like it better when they just adapt. So like booking, right? Yeah. Booking added more, you know, those alternative properties. But I'm sure they've also kind of changed the way that they do business. I stayed at and I think you mentioned this earlier also, uh, and, and I'm almost embarrassed that I forgot what the name of the place was. I think it was called Loft, The Loft or something. Okay. I don't, it was a hotel, and I checked in on my phone, Okay. and I used my phone as the key Yeah. yeah to this... get in the door, the main door, and to get into, uh, into my room. Uh, so I thought that was super cool. So as those innovations start to happen... Was that you, through Hilton? Gonna... Was it a Hilton brand? Cause Hilton... It could have been. Hilton now has um, almost most of its rooms are on the phone app, and then you can unlock the door. Yeah. I don't know. That seems kind of just weird to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like afraid that it's going to have some kind of malfunction and someone else will be unlocking my door while sure, I'm in the room. Sure. I don't know. But that was that was common, that kind of fear when they went to the electronic key cards, too. Right. Um, a lot of people were like freaked out because it wasn't, you know, like, oh, what if someone else just they give them the wrong, you know, they put them in there, too, and they can open the door, which has well, happened. Well, I would pull the deadbolt on anyway. When I, I know. <laughs> That's, That's true. That's the Chicago in me, I think. I'm still kind of like, no, <laughs> I, don't trust, I don't trust anybody. Yeah, but that's all innovative uh, in the hotel industry. They're really trying now to create yeah, and make got, it easy. They've got to adapt. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess we could keep drawing this parallel to, to Ubers and taxis. You know, why is it that Uber was is, is and was so popular. Well, it's because taxi service was so terrible. Yeah. Do you remember calling up dispatchers yeah. And, then, yeah. and then waiting and then not knowing for sure if a cab was going to come or not, and then <laughs> right. they never come? Yes. And you have no recourse whatsoever? Right. Many times. Uh, or you get in there and the guy's, you know, <laughs> loud on the phone talking to someone else. And, you know, I don't even want to uh. tell you what some of those cabs smell like, but it's not, it's not great. It's not like the wonderful air freshener that uh, my Uber drivers have in there. Right, um, right. So, yeah, so, but they never adapted. Right. And, and then right. they died off, and I don't think anybody really cared that the cabs died off, but the cab owners, um, but that's, you know, a different story. But I think it's what you got when you when you have these innovations, it forces those old established companies to shift, to change, to make yeah. things better. Uh, to either adapt or die. So I think it's a good thing, especially when they're able to adapt. And that's that's what you're seeing from some of these. Yeah. And I would almost put, you know, the booking, you know, lump them in with the 
uh, with the hotels themselves. Okay. Because they're kind of hand in hand. Yeah. In terms of bringing that innovation and changing about the way that they do business. Right. Uh, because without booking, you know, it'd be a lot tougher for these individual hotels to get their rooms booked out. For sure. Um, on a on a nightly basis. Yeah, so. and that's huge. I mean, that's basically why they go hand in hand with the hotels because they know if they need to get rid of you know some excess inventory there, they're going to be able to do it on Booking. dot com, obviously. So yeah, um, let's switch over to Amazon because you know. Everyone else talking about their innovation on the cloud side, AWS and all of that. But what about on the retail side? So they've owned Whole Foods for over a year now. I think it's about a year and a half. And there was a lot of hope about innovation when they bought that chain, that it was suddenly you're going to be able to do all this delivery out of it. And they're going to bring the Amazon way to the Whole Foods and it's going to be fantastic. And um, I don't know if you're shopping at the Whole Foods down in Florida, but up here in Chicago, there's not been much change in what's going on at the Whole Foods. There's not been any innovation that I've really seen there, at least so far. It's still early in the game, but the whole delivery thing hasn't really panned out, at least not yet. Right. So I feel like that hasn't really worked. And then they have opened up Amazon Go stores here in Chicago. I think we were the second test market. They tested them in Seattle. And these are the small convenience store type stores that have food and like chips and drinks. And that's where you download the app. And if you're Amazon Prime, you can literally just walk into the Amazon Go, pick up the sandwich off the shelf and walk out. You don't pay for it because it scans it onto your Amazon Prime account as you walk out the gates. And right. this was a cool thing, too. Now, this is where everybody thought, oh, innovation is coming. And then Walgreens and CVS shares, you know, took a dive when this this concept was rolled out originally, like over a year ago. But now there's several of these here in Chicago, including one at the local train station um, here. And really, I don't feel like these are going to be the game changers everybody thought they would be. And part of that reason is because there's really um, nothing innovative about the product that's inside the store. Like it is cool that you, you don't have to pay and you can rush out. Like if you're late for something or you're short on time, you don't have to wait to pay. But other than that, you don't really, why am I buying this nondescript sandwich that's in like a plastic, you know, container right. within Amazon store or like a salad? Like some of these stores are located in Chicago, at least near a lot of other uh, fast food or just food options. So you have a lot of the other chains are nearby. Some of them are like the healthy chains, like Freshy. Um, and then like protein bar is a big one here in Chicago, but near the pop bellies near, obviously the McDonald's, the Panda Express, you have all these other options. Again, you have to wait in line or, you know, wait to pay at some of these, but you know what you're getting there. Like, you know, oh, I have a taste for this today. <laughs> like, I'm not sure Amazon just selling some chips quickly is going to be where it's at. What do you think about like Amazon go and what they're doing on retail? Yeah, I, you know, it, it used to be if Amazon enters your business, that's it. You right. You're done. Right. Um, but now it's just getting so big where you're like, well, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be their edge, right? Yeah. Uh, but there's things going on behind the scenes, I think, is that they think that they are more efficient with their logistics. Right. So that they can get those products on those shelves for cheaper than their competitors. 
which means they have better margins. So yeah. I think they're thinking something like that. Um, the other thing is, is part of it, uh, I think Bezos can, you know, he can bide his time on a lot of these projects. For sure. And just see, you know, what works and what doesn't work and win the war of attrition with some of these companies. So yeah. he could be entering that space just because he thinks, okay, well, Kroger is going to roll over, so I'm not worried about them or, you know, whoever it is that he's kind of targeting. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, is it innovative because I can take a sandwich and walk out of the store? Yeah, okay, maybe. Kind um, of, yeah. It I is can, and it isn't. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, and eventually it's going to lead to, I guess it's quicker. You don't have to pay cashiers to sit right. there, you know. Yeah. So maybe their overhead's probably lower, too. But if, you know, they're in Ogilvy, I mean, it's not that low, right? No, I mean, they're right. still going in high-rent um, areas. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they um, still have to pay people to stock the shelves like any place would. And then yeah. they, they do have some people at the gates to to explain it to the newbies who are coming in there in and out, right. like how it works and everything. So, so yeah, I'm still watching it, but the stores are relatively empty when I walk by them. It's not, it's not that big of a draw in my opinion so far, but of course, Amazon doesn't tell us the numbers. So we have no idea what they're doing and they don't have that many of them yet, but they do have a plan to roll out like 3000 of these across the United States. So I don't know. Um, we're, we're waiting to see if maybe the innovation is still going to be coming there, but they're going to have to step it up on the actual food side. And I feel like in 2019, more people care about what they're actually eating than maybe 20 or 30 years ago when you just went to the 7-Eleven and you got whatever convenient thing was there. Now there's greater emphasis on the quality of the food and the whole, you know, farm to table and where is the food coming from? And this is what makes like a chain like Chipotle popular um, because people like that aspect of it. Like I'm eating something healthy or local and I have no idea where those sandwich wraps at the Amazon go are coming from at all. So, so I don't know. That's something to watch. I think people um, again, assume Amazon is innovating there, but I'm not sure that they are. Do you have any other innovating uh, companies that we haven't covered yet that maybe, you know, the listeners might be intrigued about? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, in line with sort of the wearables um, that we were talking about with yeah. Apple and the biotelemetry is Nike. Oh. Uh, so a few years ago, Nike tried to push this whole Nike Plus thing. Yes. Uh, which was essentially, you know, like a sensor, you know, accelerometer in your, in your shoes, um, slash pedometer also, so you could tell how far, you know, you've ran, um, how high you've jumped, things like that. Yeah. We kind of got away from it because the consumer just wasn't ready for it yet. Um, and then they started to get back into it a little bit. But also the, the self-lacing shoes. I thought it was going to be just a gimmick. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Nike mag, the uh, the shoe that uh, Marty McFly wore in Back to the Future 2. Uh, well, they actually made that shoe, okay. self-lacing shoe. Uh, and then, since then, there's been a few different iterations, and most recently, they just released their first self-lacing basketball shoe. Ooh. So, while it, the technology is a little, it's a little bit clunky still in terms of they're actually heavy, um, and the you know the lacing isn't perfect yet. You know they don't quite have it have it figured out. Uh, they're getting there, and and they are testing out products like that, and uh, that's something I think you're going to see more and more of here. Not that it's that big of a pain to bend over and tie your shoe, but right. 
Um, if you didn't have to, that's why people wear slip-ons, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for just, sure. Just go, just slip in and go. Yeah. Um, it sounds silly, but that's that's something. And then they unveiled at the NBA All-Star game, their All-Star, during not at the game, but during the All-Star break, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver revealed the uniforms that they've been working on where the the number and the name on it can change instantly. Hmm. Okay. So you could do all, it's almost like having a TV screen on your back. Yeah. You know, as a player, which is something that's kind of cool. You're, you're going to start to see stuff like that, you know, clothing that's blinking lights and, and, uh, and electrified and then giving you feedback, whether it's haptic feedback or, you know, data about what you got going on. So the whole wearables kind of segment is going to slowly but surely maturing here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Nike's definitely a part of that. Okay, that's good. I, I wasn't aware that they were doing all that, so that's an interesting one. All right. Well, we've covered quite a bit today on the show, so this has been helpful because I do think there's there's plenty of innovation that's going on out there, and some is kind of right under your nose, but you're not totally aware. You're not paying attention the same way, so this has been good. Um, let's recap those stocks again for everybody who's listening in. So I did mention Spotify at the beginning of the show. Um, they're kind of innovating. Let's just say that they are. So Spotify, S-P-O-T is the ticker there. Then we had Tesla, T-S-L-A, Apple, A-A-P-L, of course, uh, Biotelement. I can never say it. Biotelementary. Is that how you say it? Telemetry. See, for some reason, I look at it and I cannot say that one. I just call it bio, but it's beat. It's easy to remember, B-E-A-T. And we had booking, B-K-N-G is their ticker now. Amazon is, of course, A-M-Z-N. Nike is N-K-E. And that is it for today's episode. But again, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one. We are on Apple Podcast. You can get us over there as Zach's Market Edge, and you can get us on SoundCloud where you'll get two shows for one. You'll get the Value Investor Plus Market Edge on SoundCloud, and then hopefully soon we'll be on Spotify any day now. So get us somewhere so that you don't miss a single episode, and we'll see you again next week with some more stocks.